Welcome to 5 Minutes in the Word. This is your daily podcast of Bible reading and insight into God's Word. We're continuing our venture into the New Testament in the book of Acts. I will read the introduction one more time, which covers the first three verses. And reading from the Christian Standard Version this time, it reads, I wrote the first narrative, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up after he had given instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After he had suffered, he also presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Again, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, read from the Christian Standard Bible. I'll be back to share insights and we'll close with prayer. Hi, this is Hope Scott. I'm your host of 5 Minutes in the Word. Thank you for taking time to uh, learn God's Word with me as we learn together. Like, follow, share at Minute Words or hashtag Minutes Word on Facebook and Twitter. And my podcast is heard wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. Y'all be blessed. Again, that was Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, read from the Christian Standard Bible. I'm using the Enduring Word as the commentary this time, even though I read some good things from the other commentaries. But um, this one has a lot of good information. The uh, introduction is addressed to Theophilus. Uh, which was a way to address people who held high... In some translations, it says His Excellence, or He calls Him Excellence. But in this translation, it doesn't. But it's a title of respect, and it addresses people in high authority. Luke wanted to show Theophilus and to the Romans that Christianity is harmless. Some Roman officials had embraced it themselves, which is amazing. That Christianity is innocent. Roman judges could find no basis for prosecution, but they did because the church was prosecuted. That Christianity is lawful as uh, the true fulfillment of Judaism, which was an approved religion in the Roman Empire. And as we think about places that are fighting, fighting uh, pagan religions, fighting idolatry. We have to remember that the early church also faced persecution. Until the day in which he was taken up, he's giving an account of Jesus from the very beginning, which remember Luke is the writer, to the day that he was, and he's, you know, he's continuing the story. So he's starting the book of Acts until the day in which he was taken up. Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, instructed the apostles regarding what to do in his absence. 
he had given commandments to the apostles. Significantly, Jesus did this through the Holy Spirit. This was the uh, resurrected, glorified Jesus Christ, risen with all authority and sovereignty. Yet he still chose to not rely on his own resources, as it were, but relied on the power and the presence of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And remember, the Holy Spirit is our gift from the Father, and we thank God for that. We thank God for that Holy, His Holy Spirit, which is gives us power, which we can um, can we rely on, and we thank God for that. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Holy Trinity, is the as- aspect of God that lives and empowers and inspires man. The Holy Spirit has a work among those who are not yet believers, but also a great and significant work in those who believe. And we thank God for the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If the glorified, resurrected Christ needed to rely on the Holy Spirit, so should we. This is the pattern for the rest of the book of Acts, which shows us what the Holy Spirit does operating through the church. The disciples, um, the disciple is not above the master, nor the servant above the Lord. If even his, he was indebted to the Holy Spirit for the power of his ministry, surely we cannot afford to attempt the work appointed to us without that same authority. And he says, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many and fallible proofs. So again, as stated yesterday, history has proven that what was written, what is written in the scripture is infallible. It's true. Jesus also established the fact of his resurrection with many infallible proofs during the 40 days after his resurrection, but before his ascension. He left no possible doubt that he was resurrected exactly as he promised. Remember, Thomas needed proof. And he said, blessed are those who believe and haven't seen. But Thomas said, I need to put my finger through that through the nail scar. And in 1 Corinthians 15 and 6, Paul describes described one of the many infallible proofs. He was seen by over 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remained to the present. More than 500 people saw the resurrected Christ, and most of them were still alive 25 years later in the days of Paul's uh, teaching. And I'll have to continue, because I've run out of time, with the rest of what I've written down on these first three verses on tomorrow. Let's pray. Father, as we continue studying your word, we look at you, we see you as God, our faithful King, especially as seen through the works that will be shared, not just in the Gospels, but also in the book of Acts which sets a foundation for our faith 
And we thank you, Father. We thank you that uh, Paul shared that 500 witnesses are you. We thank you that um, the writer of Acts shares that you um, were visible and eating and drinking and talking to your disciples for 40 days, Father. We thank you even for the disciple Thomas who had to feel the, the hole, the piercing in your hand and side before he believes. And Father, we thank you for the blessing that you gave us because we believe without seeing. We thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit which indwells us. We thank you, Father, for peace that comes from being a part of the family of Christ. Father, praying for my son as he has to deal with um, uh, going to court tomorrow. We're still praying for favor, God, in the name of Jesus. Praying for those who need you in a special way, not just for that, but for other things, for health and healing and jobs, for homes, for maybe they having uh, marital, marital problems. Praying for um, my daughter and daughter-in-law as she tries to um, come to grips with um, a growing teenage girl. And we're praying, God, for, for guidance in that situation, for grace, mercy, and understanding. And Father, we're thanking you for answered prayer, not for just those needs, but for all who come to your throne of grace as we cast our cares upon you. Thanking you for answered prayers. Amen. Thank you for spending time in God's Word with me. Be blessed. Thank you.